the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is the AV Professional, episode 27, Delegate. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. This is the AV profession, the look at the business of the audiovisual industry. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host with me uh, to discuss some business matters uh, is Bill Scherer. Bill is from Navigate Consulting. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Um, it's something you and I were talking about, and, and we're going to get in here. Um, actually, it, before we even get started, we'll let you guys know this is going to be a, a two-part discussion. Um, delegation, all right? And, and it's 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 sometimes an, a, a nasty word. Sometimes it's an important word. Um, depends on where you <laughs> where you sit and how well you do it. Um, but some folks are, have an issue with it, and you guys, you you work with. With you know small, medium, and, and large um, companies throughout the the U.S. and North America, uh, and actually, honestly, globally now, um, you guys have found that some folks just simply don't delegate well. What's some of the reasons that that the managers that you talk to have given for for not delegating? Well, everyone gives lip service to it, and uh, most people, on the face of it, can see the advantages or the merits of it, but that's very different than doing something about it or doing something with it. And we hear some of the some of the obvious explanations we get are, well, you know, I don't have anybody I can delegate to, uh, or my people don't have sufficient experience, or it's just a lot easier to do it myself than it is to explain it to them how to do it. Um, and, and for those kinds of decisions, they will all admit that they pay a price. Yeah. Um, and, and the price they pay is not enough hours in the day. Uh, they, they end up doing more things than they should. Even worse, and more importantly, there are certain things that only senior management can do. Um, and when they're unable to do them or they're um, preoccupied with other things that are taking up their time, then some of those things don't get done and they won't get done if it isn't the CFO or the CEO or whoever has the authority to do it. So I think a lot of this really has to do with uh, widening some horizons about how delegation works and what it is and uh, getting outside the box a little bit. I have a coaching client right now, as a matter of fact, who's engaged in a succession plan. He's taking over the business from his parents and he'll, every time I talk with him, he'll, I'll ask him, what are you working on? And he'll tell me four or five or 18 things he's working on. And I ask him the question, well, who could you give that to? And it doesn't even occur to him that it could be somebody outside the chain of command or, yeah, I don't know why she couldn't handle that. Or, yeah, I didn't even think about him. He could probably do that. So sometimes it's just a matter of... Uh, getting their attention. Well, be, before we get into that, what are some of the um, the ramifications uh, of not delegating, of not passing this on to somebody else? Well, I have a theory, and it's been not, it's not original to me, but a, a theory that I've held for a long time, that one of the principal tasks of a manager is to multiply himself or herself. Mm-hmm. 
in the perfect world, I would have people all around me who were better at whatever they do than I ever was when I held that job. And I don't consider that a threat. I think I consider it an achievement. Now, the, and the only way they're going to get that way is to get some uh, structured and regulated, how should we call it, supervised experience in doing these things. And that's really where delegation comes in. If we give them a, a, a way to take on an initiative or reassign something from one department to another or take away a piece of my job and give it to them, then we can see what they've got. That's one of the things we recommend a lot. So, so how do you get them, how do you get folks, how do you get managers to, to delegate? How do you get them there? I think they need to understand what delegation is and what it isn't. Um, and it's, it's a simple distinction, but it can be a pretty important one. Uh, let's start with one or two things that it's not. Delegation isn't just asking somebody to empty the dumpster. It's not just assigning a task or, you know, asking somebody to go contact a client or some kind of specific uh, task. It's, it's giving away a piece of your job. And, in the, and if it goes the way we want it to go, that is going to be your job from now on. Which doesn't mean I disengage or that I don't care that I'm not going to follow up. It just means I'm transferring the authority, and we'll get to that in a minute, for you to do the things that I used to do when it comes to that uh, particular initiative. Example, um, you've heard us say, you've heard Navigate say many times that we are deeply engaged in process. And one of the things we always stress with our clients is your processes won't work if they're not documented. They gotta be written down and published and trained and followed. That would be a great thing to delegate to somebody in their department. R identify the processes that apply, document them, and then take ownership of making sure those processes get instituted. Now, that would be delegating, it seems to me. Yeah. What are some, some tools that you can give folks that makes delegating, I'm going to say easier, but more natural? I think it, it, they, they, some of the, there are a couple tools that actually will make it a little easier. If, if they don't do anything else, they will increase your comfort level with doing it. Um, and that's important because if these other excuses we hear are true, and they are, then there's some risk associated with it. They want to reduce the risk. Um, I would, I like to recommend that, uh, companies identify their fast track people for openers. Let's do that. Every company has a couple of racehorses, hopefully, and usually, and we should know who they are. Uh, I don't want to overload them. I don't want to tax them to the point of the, of the breaking point, but I want to, uh, emphasize their skills in my delegation. So if I have a couple of good people, um, how do I find that out if they really are? Well, I, I probably have to test it. I probably have to give them some opportunities to see what they do. But I think there's, there's other ways to develop some criteria or some questions you can ask them that find out how ready, are, ready they are, how interested they are. Um, because some people don't want this. 
we've actually had people say, well, you know, I, I see what you're trying to do here, boss, but uh, I've already got a full plate. I don't need anything else to do. Translation, I don't want to work any harder. Uh, <laughs> I don't really care very much about moving up yeah. in the organization. I'm happy with my current pay. Um, and, and I think the manager has to cut through a lot of that in choosing who's going to get the assignment. Um, when you get there, once you, you get, got, got the folks to the point where, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to delegate. Isn't some of this though, you, you have to decide what to delegate. Um, and some of that is, is figuring out, you know, the, the level of importance or the level of impact it has on the, on the business, you know, the, the, the importance of the decision. How do you, how do you rank those? Uh, interestingly enough, uh, there are some pretty good measures uh, and you're absolutely right about the importance of uh, calculating or estimating or minimizing the risk. Yeah, if I delegate something to somebody and they, they screw it up, there's a risk and, you know, we, we can lose something out of that. So what would I want to do? I would want to put a, a fence around how much we could lose or how much we could gain if the decisions that are made are good ones. Um, and there's three or four ways to do that. One of them is clearly cost. Um, you don't have to be a Phi Beta Kappa to know that a $100 decision is less important than a $1,000 <laughs> <true>. decision. If <laughs> I say to somebody, you know, if it's only $100, go ahead and do it. You don't have to ask. You don't have to get permission. You don't have to consult anybody else. And what's the worst that can happen is we lost 100 bucks, And that's if they're wrong, but they won't be. This is the part we overlook. Um, most of the time, they'll, they'll make a good decision, and uh, we've mitigated that risk. So that's one way to do it. There's another way to do it, which is, are we setting precedent? There's a famous, it's a wonderful story, and it's really short, so I can tell it. A labor union once um, received a turkey from, at Christmas time from their company uh, as thanks for a good year and our appreciation to all our good employees. Guess what showed up in the collective bargaining agreement the next year? Every turkey. time we get, a, every time we have a good year, we get a turkey. Oh, jeez! And it wasn't the intent of management ever to do that, but that was the outcome. So, if it sets policy, if it sets precedent, if we've got to live with it for a long time, it's a lot more important than if we don't. And finally, related to that. Some decisions you're stuck with. You know, once you make the decision, you're stuck. You sign a contract, you make a commitment to a client, you, uh, you agree to do something, now you're stuck. And that makes it more important than one you could say, whoops, I see where we overlooked this or that, we need to make a change. So there you have cost, you have policy and precedent, you have reversibility, if you will, and then you also have... Um, uh, the uh, number of people affected, that's important as well. Let's say we go back to our process example. You can document the processes for your department. You can't have impact on somebody else's department because those are not your people. You know, that's Charlie's job. Charlie will do his own for his department, and then we'll all come together and we'll knit them uh, into one unified document, and we'll go from there. So stay in your sandbox and uh, you're fine. Or you're at least giving us a lot less risk than if you encroached on somebody else. 
All right, very good. Bill, that's going to uh, be a good place to stop. Uh, don't forget to, to tune in next time. We're going to talk about how to develop, uh, how delegation skills can help develop managers. Uh, Mr. Bill Sayer from Navigate, how do people get a hold of you guys or Navigate? Well, they can go to our website, of course, and we welcome that. That would be navigatemc.com, or they can contact any, well, and, and all of the partner and associate information is there, but I can give you mine. Uh, 609-397-0933 for phone and my email is bill.sharer at navigatemc.com and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Bill Sharer from Navigate. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. For more information about us, you can go by the website avianation.tv avianation.tv you'll find this program and a host of others including our two weekly programs one that looks at the news and happenings of the commercial uh, av industry and one that looks at the residential all that and more at avianation.tv that's avianation.tv 